Well, welcome back to Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni. We are joined again for this segment by Litigation Counsel Shang Lee. Uh, but this time we're going to talk with Shang about the good work he has been doing fighting the Biden administration's attempts to unlawfully forgive a student loan debt. So uh, you, you recently have been briefing a case in the Sixth Circuit, a court of appeals, Shang. Uh, what is the name of, of that case and, and what are the issues that are at stake there? So that case is uh, Mackinac Center for Public Policy and the Cato Institute v. Cardona, uh, Cardona being the Department of Education's secretary. Terrific. And so what are you what are you suing? What are your clients suing the Department of Education over in this context? So after the Supreme Court nixed the Biden administration's really huge half trillion dollar student loan pol uh, forgiveness policy, uh, they just came up with a bunch of smaller ones. And one of these is called the, the one time account adjustment. And there's some record keeping corrections in it. But the, the, the illegal part of it is that uh, the department is counting uh, periods of long-term forbearance, which is defined as periods where borrowers were not required to make any payments on their loans as qualified payments for various student loan uh, forgiveness programs. And those programs typically uh, require a student loan borrower to make a certain number of qualified monthly payments before getting forgiveness. Uh, that's 20 years for the income-driven program and 10 years for uh, the public service loan forgiveness program. Uh, so if you're supposed to make 120 payments, they're saying you don't have to make 120, you can make 36 fewer than that, and we're still going to treat you as having satisfied all the conditions to get your loans forgiven. Yeah, that's right. And long-term forgiveness is defined as having more uh, uh, forbearance that lasts in aggregate more than three years. So if you, you know, been given forbearance, you didn't have to pay loans for, say, four or five, four years, five years, et cetera, then, uh, uh, then the department says, well, actually count those five years or whatever many years as uh, qualified payments instead, even though you may not have been making any payments. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, you know, whatever, for, whatever monthly payment means, it definitely doesn't mean non-payments. For folks who don't have student loans or, or haven't uh, taken out debt before, can you explain what forbearance is typically? Not, not how it's being treated here, but right. what does forbearance usually mean? Forbearance usually happens when, uh, let's say, you have trouble making payments um, for, for whatever reason. You could be sick, you could Lost be your job. Or, exactly, lost your job. Or just, you know, my, my job is kind of uh, uh, low-paying, and, and you can go to your servicer and say, okay, can I get a little period of forbearance? Uh, and one of the problems is actually there's a perverse incentive for the servicers to give you forbearance, maybe overly give you for, give you more forbearance than you need because they get paid based on the term of their contract. So they get paid if you're on forbearance or not by the government. So they don't really have a so, – so there's probably a lot of excess forbearance going on. Um, but the solution to that isn't agency action. The solution to that is having Congress come in and, and offer a corrective measure and, and, and align the incentives better. So, so typically forbearance means that you have gotten a volunteer and you've entered into this voluntarily. Oh, of course, yeah, voluntarily. Yeah. So you, you, you've asked for uh, relief and not having to make payments. And then typically what would happen is you don't make the payments and therefore before your loans would be forgiven, you'd have to pick up where you left off. If you didn't make payments for 12 months, then you'd you, pick back up in exactly. month 13 and you'd You'd owe 12 more payments. Well, you'd owe the same number of payments, but you would take you a year longer than it would have if you hadn't gotten the exactly. forbearance. Exactly, yeah. And, and so what happened here is by counting these periods of non-payment as payments, 
uh, the department is essentially truncating, you know, reducing uh, the payment periods for various loan forgiveness program. And the more the, and the important one here is the public service loan forgiveness program, which is designed to incentivize borrowers to work for uh, public service employers like Cato and like the Mackinac. In fact, NCOA counts as one, uh, and it does this by you know forgiving their loans if they've been a working for the public service employer and B, making their monthly payments. So by counting these non-payments as payments uh, for the affected borrowers, those borrowers are going to get their loans forgiven sooner than they otherwise would have, which means they're gonna be incentivized to work for a public service employer for a shorter amount of time uh, because of the adjustment. Right, so the it, it seems to me that it's pretty obvious that non-payments aren't payments. So did the district court rule that that non-payments are payments? Well, the district court didn't get to that question because it uh, kicked us out on standing. Uh, it ruled that, in fact, Cato and the Mackinac Center uh, were not even injured by this policy, uh, even though the, you know, because because the uh, their claim of injury here is that uh, they're, they're the incentive that benefit them is being reduced, uh, shortened, and, and eliminated for people who are, who uh, get premature forgiveness. And the district court said that's that's not enough. That's not direct enough. That seems strange to me that that's not direct enough. I mean, who who would have standing to challenge this in the view of the district court? I I don't think anyone would. And in fact, you know, this is standing has always been a, a uh, an issue in these student loan cases. Uh, and modern standing doctrine, it's sort of uh, uh, it's a lot of it's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, one might say that uh, there's a lot of flexibility in judges saying if, if something is too speculative versus something not too speculative. If, if Listeners may recall that in, in the uh, Biden v. Nebraska student loan case, that standing was really kind of everyone sort of agreed that the forgiveness was uh, unlawful, but standing was, you know, very contentious. Uh, and, you know, some, some believe a much closer call. Um, That's a nice so, way of putting it. <laughs> and so the... Uh, uh, you know, again, like the Supreme Court can do what they want, but at the same time, the lower courts are left without a lot of guidance as to what qualifies as a concrete injury or concrete harm. We think here, um, our clients were getting, they, they are getting these PLSOF benefits as essentially a wage subsidy uh, for, you know, in exchange for term of service, and that term of service is being reduced. That's a reduction of, instead of having potential employees being incentivized to work for them for 10 years, it could be seven years or six years, and uh, and that's that's you know a concrete injury. Uh, the district disagreed, and so we appealed uh, to the Sixth Circuit to to resolve this. And so is it is it fully briefed now? It is now fully briefed. So we're waiting for uh, the Sixth Circuit to schedule an oral argument, and uh, uh, and after that, a, a hopefully a favorable decision. Absolutely, John. Do you have any? Questions for Shang about this? I mean, you know, standing is something that uh, has vexed us in some of these well, some of these cases. But I, this one seems pretty it, cut and dry to I, me. I think it. You know, one dollar in damages is enough, right? One dollar is it? I mean, do we need an economist to tell these guys that losing an employee uh, after six years is a harm that's more than one dollar? Yeah, and we don't. I don't think you even need to show that the employee would be leaving. There's actually a Sixth Circuit case where, I guess, like Ohio companies, some environmental regulation was changed so that companies in Ohio had to pay less than companies in Pennsylvania, 
and the Pennsylvania companies had the Sixth Circuit said those companies had standing. I don't see that you know that's not a lot of difference between what's going on there and here now. No, I, I agree with you, and I think I th- I am hoping the Sixth Circuit will see it the same way. But I there's a couple of funny things that have gone on here. Um, just the last time the Supreme Court took the the blanket. Uh, student loan question. We put an amicus brief in there and um, and they struck it down. Uh, Biden's been complaining, complaining, complaining about it and saying how horrible it was because they thought that they could put it through because of standing. They blatantly said, no one has standing. We can do what we want, yeah. which is terrible. But then after the Supreme Court struck it down, they said, hey, we got we we reduced the budget deficit by five hundred billion dollars <laughs> because they didn't let us spend that money. So obviously money's being spent. Obviously the the student loan um, f- for public interest was put in by Congress for a reason. As they an incentive. Th- yes, it's they incentive. think it's an economic benefit. The Congress believes that it is economic significant benefit. How can the loss? of part of the economic benefit not give standing when Congress has said it is. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And our, our brief leads with that saying, in fact, the department's own regulations say, hey, Congress enacted this to benefit public service employers uh, by encouraging borrowers to work for them as opposed to other you know, employers like for-profits. And so, uh, so it's, it's definitely a competitive benefit. Um, I, th- I think the district court, uh, one, one thing that the district court faulted us for is not um, having uh, an employee who was affected, who, who we can show was affected by this program uh, because there were something like three or four million. But we don't but know. But they're not harmed. The employees aren't harmed. Right. The employees if, are not. That's, that's I right. I mean, if you get – I don't understand why an employee would have standing because if you sought forbearance, you got forbearance, and now they're saying, hey, we're going to forgive you all of your forbearance as though you made payments. Hallelujah. Like you'd be you know, dancing a jig. Why would you sue over that? And, and moreover, the, the <clears throat> there's no way uh, for – uh, Cato and Mackinac for employers to really know, in fact, if any of their employees were affected, because the department, by the way, announced this program through a one-page press release, and instead of through no- normal notice and comment. So we don't actually know how many people are affected, who are affected, how much money is going out. Uh, we have some estimates, uh, but but really, just you know, it's all based on just press releases as opposed to actual legitimate rulemaking. Um, that that's you know, even if this were legal, you would have to go through some kind of notice and comment procedure. To, to get it out. Well, and, and to put a finer point on that, I, you know, from an employer's standpoint, I'll, I'll speak here. I don't know which ones of my employees have student loans. They don't tell me. It's, you know, it's none of my business. I don't ask that yep. when people come to work here. Oh, I, I don't, they don't. You it, don't sign every year? At the end. At oh, the, only right. at the okay. end. Only when somebody, ah. in fact, I have a former employee who recently uh, right. sent a form in to me and said, hey, I've, I've finished my 10 years now. <laughs> I'm applying for my PSLF benefits. Can you can you you know certify that I worked for yeah. you from X date to Y mm-hmm. date? And sure, happy to do that. But it's not you know I wouldn't have known that that person necessarily was going to do that when they were working here. Got it. Yeah, and the fact that you don't know you know whether I'm incentivized by that forgiveness or not doesn't change the fact that I am incentivized by it. You know, when when I was debating between this job or another job, I was thinking in the back of my head, hey, at this job I get the equivalent of whatever you know five thousand, ten thousand dollars a year extra because of my loans would be forgiven at the end of the 10-year term. That's right. 
So when you're 11, Shang may be leaving us. That's what <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have done is put a declaration in. Uh, yes, that, that, that I would definitely this, leave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> should have put in a declaration. Uh, but anyway, so Shang, uh, when can we expect this? Because we have just have two seconds left. Oh, uh, so we're uh, it's fully briefed, and we're waiting for an oral argument date, and then then a decision uh, after that. We'll keep people posted. Thanks, Shang. Thank you.